Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarina. I'm Alicia Thayer. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And today we are talking about the middle section of the first Captain America movie. After Captain America hunts down the Nazi spy to when Bucky falls out of the train. And just for everybody's catch up, the wiki summary for it. With Erskine dead and his super soldier formula lost, U.S. Senator Brandt has Rogers tour the nation in a colorful costume as Captain America to promote war bonds while scientists study him and attempt to rediscover the formula. In 1943, while on tour in Italy, performing for active servicemen, Rogers learns that Barnes' unit was MIA and in battle against Schmidt's forces. Refusing to believe that Barnes is dead, Rogers, ha- Rogers has Carter and engineer Howard Stark flying behind enemy lines to mount a solo rescue attempt. Rogers infil- infiltrates the fortress in- of Schmidt's Nazi division Hydra, freeing Barnes and other prisoners. Rogers confronts Schmidt who removes his mask to reveal a red skull-like visage that earned him the nickname the Red Skull. Schmidt escapes, and Rogers returns to the base with the freed soldiers. Rogers recruits Barnes, Dum Dum Dugan, uh, Gabe Jones, Jim Morita, James Montgomery, Fallsworth, and Jock Dernier to attack other known Hydra bases. Stark outfits Rogers with advanced equipment, most notably the circular shield made of vibranium, a rare, nearly indestructible metal. Rogers and his team sabotage various hydro operations. The team later assaults a train carrying Zola. Rogers and Jones succeed in capturing Zola, but Barnes follows from the train to his assumed death. Dun dun dun! Uh. Bucky Barnes, you know that... never to be seen ever again. Uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Alright, so on to our f- top three moments of the episode. Or basically the part we watched. <laughs> okay, top three moments um, of this episode I don't know yet. We'll have to do right. it on our audio commentary to our podcast. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to start with mine because I think mine's a really, really simple one. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not going to take me very long. Um, it's the scene just before they they land on the train uh and another scene where uh there's banter going back and forth between barns so it's it's a little bit of combination um one is bucky saying he had him on the ropes when i guess steve took something out for took somebody out for him and then the other one is where bucky's standing next to him right before they go to land on the train he goes is this payback for coney island (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the cyclone at Coney yeah. Island, which like it just the, shows the the level of of the history, a the them. different the, their history and the turnaround now that they have with Steve getting the serum. Steve's d- definitely much more than he was before. So whereas Bucky would have gotten the guy before Steve previous, he's now going. Wait a minute, I had that guy, and now he's dealing with the potential throwing up of, or whatever happened on Coney Island to deal with. Uh, yeah, it's definitely showing their role reversal. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit of that goes with my honorable mention, is when they're at the bar after they're rescued, where yes. uh, Bucky's pretty much, oh my god, I'm you. Just like, <laughs> yes. Peggy doesn't pay attention to um, Bucky at all. Right. He's like, no worries, hopefully she's got a friend. She's probably got a friend. Yeah, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, Tony, do you want to do yours? Yeah, um, 
My number three is uh, Schmitz killing the his Nazi enemies when the mm. three people are coming to inspect the um, the Hydra base, mm-hmm. and he's just talking to him kind of nonchalantly while Red Skull is pretty much programming his machine, and just like how clinical and how not how well planned this is. It's uh, um shows you that he's not a He's a crazy person, definitely, but he's not like a maniacal laughter, just super impulsive killing. He's counting the guys out. He's mm-hmm. programming his machine, and then when his machine makes a mistake, he misses that third guy. He kind of gets angry at it, but he still kills him. I just thought that was funny and a little terrifying for an enemy. It well, it's very terrifying the way he just sets it up. He leads them in there like it's a normal thing, and then he's like, "Nope, you're you're dead." Yeah. Uh, one thing that does get me every time is uh, third Nazi who's looking at the map and he goes, Berlin's on this map. And I'm like, Berlin's on most maps of Europe. I mean, <laughs> that's not that big a deal. <laughs> I think it's because there was a marker on the map, yeah. which I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, of course of course it's on the map. What, what maps do you have that just knock off Berlin? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Al? Uh, yeah, so my number three is um, after that whole rescue scene where everyone gets back and um, Stark is now playing with that little cosmic cube. Uh, was it that uh, a weapon cartridge, basically? The, the ammo cartridge for those weapons? Yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. cosmic pellets. I, I'm calling yeah, <laughs> cosmic pellets, I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so it's when, he, when he's playing around with that and it just blows up in his face. Uh, he's mm-hmm. trying to be as careful as possible. Behind all of the, what is it? Probably bulletproof glass. I'm assuming something. Something and, probably. Yeah, and then it just goes crazy, and he says, "Write that down." <laughs> He's like, "Write that down." Cause, like, cause... I don't know what just happened, but somebody write that down. I want to try that again. Because <laughs> I'm not going to remember <laughs> that. Write that down. I probably have brain injury. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> yeah, a, exactly. Uh, it's definitely foreshadowing to um, or callback. To Tony Stark in Iron Man 1, where he just yeah. blows up as he's trying to um, build his machine and or build a suit, and he's just flying into the roof and all that stuff. He's a little more curious and cautious, as the guy in uh, Incredible Hulk says. It, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely very is. much like father, like son. Well, let's go with Al's number two, because we're, we're already at him anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, since since I've been talking, I'm used to it now. We'll keep going. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. So kind of kind of similar a little bit to Tony's number three, where he was talking about the Red School being really cold, calculating kind of crazy mm-hmm. bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. When Cap is attacking that facility and... The Red School sees that on the on the monitors, the security cams. The second he sees that, he just starts deciding to blow up the entire facility, not yes. even trying to trying to do anything about it. Nope, just start pressing some buttons. We've obviously lost. What was that? I think that was his line. Oh, we're, we're obviously uh, outmatched. Our forces <laughs> are obviously outmatched. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So uh, he's he's just ready. He knows they've lost. Which actually, I still kind of curious why he just immediately gives up because we see he kind of probably has the ability to maybe take Cap on one on one, right? I, I feel like like he should try more, but no, he just kind of gave up, which like, bothered no, me a good. little. Yeah, yeah. In my 
it might be uh, he knows Cap released the um, prisoners, and the Americans are going to know where this base is. They don't want him to get all the research. That's probably mm -hmm. there. And also, it's probably the fact that he could take Cap on one on one, but he's not entirely sure he could win. So he doesn't want to ruin his complete plan by doing that. That's a good point. He definitely kind of plays the odds, and he seems like the guy that's not going to play if he doesn't have like an 80% chance of winning. Yeah. You're right. He also doesn't want to mess up that beautiful face of his. So. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. All right. I mean, one hit, his face falls off. So. Right. Well, it's only like a latex mask thing, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. That's true. They had really good makeup for the 40s. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm going to do mine. Uh, right. Mine is Peggy shooting the shield. <laughs> Alright. Because the lead up that she just walks around the corner is like, oh, hell no. And then he, he, uh, Steve's in there with power and, he, and he's messing the shield. And he's like, oh, that's not. Oh, all right. All right. And he goes, what do you think? And she just looks at him like, I'm still so pissed at you. And she just picks up the gun and shoots him. And she's, he's like, oh, God. And then she goes, yeah, that'll work. And he just walks away. <laughs> yeah, And the looks of shock on their face. And she's like, I've got some ideas of a suit. He's like, whatever you want. Yep. She just whatever you, you want. Yeah. And he's like, you just know. <laughs> just know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tony? Yeah. So um, mine is uh, Cap's not so sneaky infiltration into the base. Uh, the where... rescue mission? Yeah. Into the rescue mission, but just the infiltration part. Where okay. Go ahead. It's him. Um, he's like, he's trying to sneak in, quote unquote, sneak in. But he, he's wearing his Captain America outfit with his big red, white, and blue shield that's not very sneaky. He's uh, does that cartoon, I, I consider it a cartoon fight in the back of the truck, where he jumps mm -hmm. in, you see the, bing, the bang, 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 and then the two guys fly out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that one guy who goes and inspects the truck, he just hits him with his shield and the guys go flying. It's just, Great. he's not... He is obviously, he's trained to combat, but he's not a spy. He's a soldier. So it just, he's not very good at it. And I'm surprised he doesn't get caught earlier mm. than he does. Yeah, but I just I just think that part's funny and I like that part. Agreed. And because mine lines up with yours, I'm going to go next for my number one. Because mine is the, the entirety of the rescue mission. So you covered the beginning portion of it. And I'm going to just cover the middle because Al kind of covered the end. So... It's after he after Steve releases everybody from the uh, from the cages before he goes to find Bucky and just watching what they do to get it. They're like, nope, we don't have we don't have anything to lose at this point. We're going to do everything. And they get the guns and they're like, oh, I don't know how to work this and practically shoot themselves. <laughs> and then they get the tank like it's nothing. And yeah, I was just like, they don't know what they're doing. In fact, they hop in the tank and he goes, uh, which one? Yeah. And he goes, Hi uh, that one. I took that like one semester of that in school. Yeah. Hydro security actually isn't very good at all. No. <laughs> it's not very good at all. Yeah. So. All right. Russian bell for number two. Uh, or for second spot. Oh, wait. We can't. <laughs> Grenade. Oh wait. Great. Uh, yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tony, go. All right. Mine number one 
is the Star Spangled Montage. It's <laughs> okay, go the ahead. the whole scene as him trying to get bonds for the war effort is just uh, he's obviously too valuable as an asset to put him out in the field as one super soldier. Right. But they still want him, and he's still famous for what he did for that Nazi spy who killed mm-hmm. Erskine. So we get this beautiful montage of him punching fake Hitler like 57 times, or I don't remember how many times he says. And it's just the music and the campiness and the fact that they get his old school costume from the original comics in there. And I think that's like mm-hmm. the perfect way to inject some humor, to throw back to the original comics, and just to really motivate Steve to actually get out there and fight. Because, yes, he's serving his country, but he's not really helping the um, the army in a physical way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, he was all sad about it, too, right after that, right? when the Because mm-hmm. when it ends, he's actually overseas, and then he's he's drawing... Um, what is it? The the monkey him himself mm-hmm. as a monkey doing? Yep, himself you know, as a monkey thing. on a unicycle. Well, <laughs> to be completely honest, I was a little sad when the montage was over too, but right, yeah, it was a good montage. <laughs> so I guess with that, I'll go into my number one, which <laughs> is a little similar to Tony's, which is the attack montage right after Ooh. that. Al, that's yeah. my dishonorable mention. Oh really? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, I I liked it. I, I mean, it was. I, how how do you? Okay. All right. Let, let's talk about that now. Then. Um. Why why didn't you like it? Because one of the things that you've even said this is something I agree with, but I I never I don't think I ever actually said it out loud. Um. Yeah. One of my favorite things with superheroes is when they're doing their awesome superhero stuff, pretty much, you know, unabated, and that's basically what that montage is. It's showing off they're doing things mm-hmm. uh, what what do you not like about it's it it's also showing at least a year if not more of things we will never see in a movie <laughs> and, it's just, <laughs> and it's just like i want i want more captain america in world war 2 stories but i know we're never going yeah. to get that plus yeah. it has my least favorite shot probably my least favorite shot in almost any marvel movie which is the iconic captain america throwing a shield at the screen but that CG shield is like the worst looking shield I've ever seen. So well, just, no, yeah, just no, you're... yeah, reminding me of what I'm not going to get, which is what I really want. So, mm-hmm. and that I see every time it's in now the new Marvel logo. Every time I see that shield throw, I cringe because it's obviously not a real shield. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, there were actually a couple of, of, I think, bad CGI parts in that that montage uh mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. i normally don't notice those kinds of things like it's rare where, where i'll think yeah. oh that was bad cgi or bad something um but yeah that that scene itself did have kind of yeah some of those things but yeah, it, it was just fun to see fun to watch it all happen mm-hmm. oh yeah it was definitely what i would if usually they... put as my number one but if the, the cgi was fixed like you would that. like it I know it's because it still reminds me of everything we are not going to get ever, which is more uh, Captain America war stories. Yeah. But okay. that's why we do these lists to disagree. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's move on to do. Does anybody have dishonorable mentions since we're here? Nope. We already did mine. 
All right. <laughs> uh, and I've got none this time. Honorable? Right, uh, I've got one. I've got one. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, just uh, right after he uh, comes in there and he's standing on top of the cage and just like, who are you supposed to be? Like, I'm Captain America. Like, don't you know? Just, I like <laughs> that little line. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I have one. Uh, mine is uh, just before the fall for the end of this portion for us is during the fight on the train when Bucky gets a hold of the shield for a minute mm -hmm. and just the him being able to use it. Yeah. I like that. That's, That's true. A, yeah. He didn't like have any kind of practice or anything. He just nope. picked it up and, and went with it. It was just a, it was just a nice kind of like tie in. Cause uh, the comics, we know that he becomes uh, the captain America later um, in the comics. And I think they've been hinting at that um, sort of thing. So it's it's like a foreshadowing for them to hint at that. He may eventually, before then he falls. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, I guess not. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anybody All right. else? That was no, mine. I think we're good. Um, All right. I've got some Easter eggs. Woohoo! Go for it. All right. So... Again, with my way too long list. <laughs> um, so I already said that uh, the outfit he wears when he's uh, doing the Star Spangled Man montage is Cap's mm -hmm. original con uh, costume from the 40s. Okay. But uh, one thing I love as a big Disney fan, we talked about back when we did Iron Man 2, is uh, Star Spangled Man, the song, was written by a, a songwriter named Alan Menken. And he's mm -hmm. a, he was the lead songwriter for Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, a bunch of Disney movies all the way up to Tangled was his last one. And he's just, like, he's a Disney, um, like a Disney icon. So the fact that this is about the time they're selling to Disney, Marvel is, and they get the or one of the original songwriters from the Disney Renaissance was a part I really loved. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, Disney. <laughs> um, the comic that you see the kids buying during that montage, the cover mm -hmm. is, uh, the real Captain America number one from 1940. So they're incorporating the real, um, media along with the serials that Cap's filming are based on the real Captain America serials they use as propaganda in 1944 all the way up to 1953. Hmm. And then we've got our uh, Howling Commandos showing up in here. Uh, I uh, love the Howling Commandos. Yeah, the Howling Commandos are originally uh, Nick Fury's uh, team in the comics back when he was still white. You know, David Hasselhoff, Howling <laughs> Commandos. Um, yeah, and they've been in and out of the comics for over 70 years now. Because that version of uh, Nick Fury, I guess, is immortal? Or he takes like a de-aging serum or something like that in the comics something yeah it's yeah. uh it's called the infinity formula um and that <laughs> that helps him not age uh yeah, him but... and black widow actually have it yeah oh. that's um the same formula that's in thor's vault which is why he's not white in the mc i don't know something to do with mm. that <laughs> <laughs> um we get a couple of uh actors who I want to um, shout out to. Uh, as uh, Dum Dum Dugan, we have uh, Neil McDonough, who is playing Damian Dark in Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and occasionally in The Flash. So here's another superhero connection. 
He also and does uh, voices of a lot of animated cartoons. Oh, does he? Yeah, I just know uh, him because I, I watch Flash. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, I, I know him because I, I saw him in something once, and then I decided to look at what else he's been in, and he, he did the voice of a lot of things. I can't think off the top of my head any of them, but he's he's done those. Yeah. Uh, we've also got uh, the girl who kisses Steve, the woman who kisses Steve, is mm. Natalie Dormer, who's now a lot more famous because she did a few seasons on Game of Thrones, and she's also plays Moriarty in Elementary, the lesser Sherlock Holmes uh, TV show, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got our Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Uh, even, even though Stan Lee did not create Captain America, it was created by uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. But it's not. He's the face of Marvel, so of course he's here. Um, got a couple more. We've got James Montgomery Fallsworth, who is a superhero in his own right. He played. Uh, he is Union Jack in the comics, who is another one of the invaders with uh, Captain America and um, Namor, and the synthetic Human Torch. And then we have. The last Easter egg Easter egg before we get to connections is in mm-hmm. Armin Zola's lab. You see his plans for his suit that he uses in comics with his face kind of where the stomach should be. The little screen, computer screen kind of thing to yeah, show that. Which, yeah. which they do a completely different thing, but somewhat similar in Captain America 2. And then we've got uh, two connections. Uh, one is... Kenneth Choi plays Jim Morita, and his grandson is uh, a principal in Spider-Man, the homecoming. And you can see when Peter's in um, his office, you can see a picture of this Jim Morita, like, on the wall with um, a medal from the U.S. Army. Yeah, and then lastly, we've got uh, Zola is obviously using some type of super soldier serum on Bucky for experimentation, which oh. I don't know might might help him survive his fall and dearmament. Might. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's Tony. Okay. I don't know if I ever said this to you, but thank you for doing all this work to find all these Easter eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> did Did I just cut you off in the middle of saying another one? No, I was done. Okay. Oh, okay. In that case, yes, <laughs> really, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I do have a few, um, oh, but you day. did get through most of the ones that I had. Oh, okay. I should have asked you guys first. Eh, it's all right. <laughs> uh, so, so there's only two that I have left, and one of them doesn't really count, because I think it was just one of those weird foreshadowing moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so... During the, uh, uh, what did you call it, Tony? The What was your number one the singing montage? The Star-Spangled Man montage? That's the name of the song, yes. the Star-Spangled Man. Oh, okay, yeah. So the Star-st- yeah, Star-Spangled Man montage. At some point, they're recording like a commercial or something mm-hmm. where uh, Captain America is like walking in behind him. He has these six guys. Um, yeah. Three of them look a little bit like cheap Howling Commandos. Which is really funny when you kind of look and compare them. You've got like the French looking guy, the black looking guy, the Bucky looking guy, like all the three of them. The other three in the back don't look anything like that, but the front three do. And I yeah. kind of wonder if that was on purpose. Probably, but it's weird foreshadowing because that's right before we actually meet those characters. But yeah, yeah, exactly. 
so the other thing I had is actually something I didn't think about until we were talking earlier about our top threes. Um, Steve Rogers in the comics as a character, like when he was growing up, he was an artist. He was going to be an artist. Yes. And That's why you could see him draw. Exactly. Yeah. And so they, they don't like call that out, but yeah, exactly. When he was drawing the, the monkey and all that and, and his stuff looked good, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. stick figures like I would ever draw. Right. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all I have for my Easter eggs. Yeah. I just realized I call every uh Avenger so far by their real name except for I've been calling Cap Cap. It's because I like Captain American too much. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> all right, oh, so, uh, oh, last one. Oh. Hang on. I oh, actually do have mind. one. We didn't talk about the vibranium. All right. What do you want to say about vibranium? Well, uh, A, it's uh, the first time we really see it, but it pops up for us later in the MCU. Oh, yeah. A lot. Especially a lot since later. the MCU is not, not allowed to use adamantium, so everything, every metal is now vibranium. Well, wait a minute. What? Oh, crap. What is the freaking metal Iron Man 2 uses? Is it vibranium? Uh, it's... I think it was in the script of Vibranium, but now looking it up, like, all the official stuff says Tony Stark's Mysterious Element. So I think they decided to retcon that. Yeah. I don't like that. So, I think it's Vibranium, but it's not as big a deal with uh, Black Panther coming up. Because now there's a lot of Vibranium, or at least Black Panther has a It's called, I just found it, it's it's called Vibranium. He did make Vibranium. Alright. Are you sure, really? Yep. I... I, I just, I have trouble believing that one just because it's so... I cause... literally typed in the element Tony Stark creates and it pulls up everything and it goes, in Iron Man 2, uh, Tony Stark uh, to replace palladium in the arc reactor, the element created by Tony Stark to replace the palladium in the arc reactor is called vibranium. I think that person's wrong, but okay. I just, I, I just have trouble believing that one. Okay. Well, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki. So. Yeah, it's it's sourced from the novelization, but I think they. I'm gonna go with it because I don't. Why? What they're gonna tell us what it is? Why don't just tell us it was vibranium? Because they want to make well, vibranium more rare, I think. Except or they more... just told us well, all in Wakanda. Well, I mean, I mean, I think one of the differences is that um, in Iron Man Two, Tony invents something, and granted, maybe he invented something that already exists in the world, but. Um, mm-hmm. It's, um, it's they're kind of trying to make it a little bit different from from that. It could be so. The the only problem I have here is it could be really really rare, and they don't know where to find it. But it doesn't mean that something you can create it can't be found. I mean, how long did we go without certain elements on our periodic table before we found them? Um, I have no idea. Weeks. Uh, on uh, long the, time. Uh, <laughs> on the Marvel Years. wiki, on the Marvel wiki about Tony Stark's so, new I think, elements. I think it's. Very, very plausible that it's the vibranium. Well, it has been retconned. Uh, in the Marvel wiki, uh, where you type in Tony Stark's new element, it says, Note, in the novelization of Iron Man 2, new element created by Tony Stark replaced palladium in the arc reactor is called vibranium. This information would later be invalidated and retconned by Captain America the First Avenger, where vibranium hey. is shown as a rare metal already existing in the 1940s. Still think he could so. create it. He could. He definitely could, but he that I don't think it was the thing he did. But you know what? This but is they the don't type really of... wreck on it. They don't say it isn't. They just don't say it is. Which no, is they... probably w- more accurate, right? If they don't say that it is a thing, then I mean they're they're just not naming it. They're not saying it's something. Mm, 
but they're not again they're not saying it isn't well yeah i feel like they also would have said something like that in avengers 2 right because the concept of more vibranium is brought up in that movie and they never say anything about using that in in the iron man suit for anything right but he doesn't he doesn't get a hold of that metal he doesn't have time to play with it yeah um i but i think that ultron having all of tony's knowledge or all the stuff he had on his computer, and he used Jarvis to make this um, new element, he would have made his own vibranium, which would have been easier and less obvious to everyone else than stealing it from uh, the shipyard in South Africa. But if Tony didn't know what the element was, didn't know there was more of it, he didn't name it, why would uh, would Ultron know that that was the same thing? Because he knows the properties of both by that point. Mm, I still have a hard time believing it. Well, I don't know. I'm that's just my opinion. With... Okay. All right. So um, let's uh, move on to our random or what if question of the week. Ooh. What is our question of the week? <laughs> so this question is, uh, how would blank deal with waking up 70 years in the future? And so today our random wait, number wait. comes can up I, with. Before you press oh. that button, can I make an amendment? If it's okay. an Asgardian, can we say like 700 years in the future? Because yes. 70 years is almost nothing to them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that fits. Yeah, okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right, and today we get number seven, Black Widow. Okay. Oh, all right, so 70 years in the future for her. Holy <laughs> crap. So we're, oh. we're assuming present day uh, for her, right? Not Not yeah. her being in the... In the 40s and World War II and going into the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Let's, let's go 70, 70 years from present time. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the f- more than oh, going God. all... She would be... Oh. You know, I think I she would probably be one of the best suited for it. Because she's the spy. She would. She's the best to learn for her new environment and adapt to it. Because she's got the spy. She has to learn what the people do, what, what everything... Uh, what what people do, what their interactions are, what the customs are to infiltrate things. I think she would be the best at adapting to her new environment if she was suddenly transported 70 years in the future. Yeah, it probably would be the easiest to do that transition, yeah. But but what else would they do? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, would she even still be a spy? Would she just kind of live off the grid and say you know what i don't need to be a part of this anymore i'm done it depends on where i think it depends on where she came into the place if she was like uh bucky who when she was uh frozen um i think she would be she would be still a spy they'd still enlist her but if she for some reason wakes up or something in the middle of nowhere and then figures out that she's 70 years in the future nah, i think she'd be off the grid she'd be like i'm free i don't have i'm not I'm not tethered to anybody. Yeah. Uh, her motivation is um, to get red out of her ledger, right? Right. So, unfor- for better or worse, like, she couldn't help Hawkeye or anyone right. else who helped her. She might take it as an opportunity to have a pretty normal life. She might take it as an opportunity to have a normal life, but I think she'd still do things to help people out. Not in the same way as being an Avenger sort of thing, but like more subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Like if she settles in some like rural portion of somewhere, 
and just lives off things, she would still help out, like, oh, I don't know, like, orphan children sort of thing. She she would uh, pretty much become, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, keeping a low profile, yes. but helping out where she can. Yes. I can that see that. That is exactly it. Yeah, I can see so. that. She's not a flashy person. I mean, it's not her nature because no, she God, was a no. spy. So. Right. Yeah, so cool. actually she'd be pretty well suited for. I mean, yeah. she'd probably be miserable because. Yeah, she'd be miserable at first, but she'd adapt. Yeah. All right, I feel good about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that was really easy. Wow. That would have been much better than somebody like, oh, I don't know, Pepper Potts. I know. Thank God we didn't get anybody else. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything else? No, I think we're good. I think. All right. Uh, Alicia, you you want to tell them how to uh, how to reach us? Sure. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us ratings on iTunes and or your favorite podcast app, assuming you like this. Um, and if you feel like leaving us a note, um, just in any sort of thing, it doesn't have to be reviews. It doesn't even have to be anything. Just talk to us. That would be cool. Um, otherwise, if you don't like us, don't say a thing. We're so lonely on social media. Someone see, please right? comment. Come talk to us. We'll talk back. I promise. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, you can also get it, find us on Facebook at MCU Rewind. No space, no underscore, nothing. So you can find us there, and we will happily talk to you. Or at least I will. <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? Or is no. that it? All we're right. good. I think we're good. All right. Then this was the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Captain America Part 2. Signing off. Have a star-spangled day.